And welcome back to another segment of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. You can find out all of our contact information, our social media sites at thepblpodcast.com. Uh, please do subscribe, like, follow, and rate this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. If you're listening to it on iTunes, please, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share the podcast. We want to keep moving the algorithms up, as I've been saying. It cannot do it without your help. So again, like follow, share, rate, and give us a shout out. All right, let's get into some other news of the day. As I said earlier in the previous podcast that um, President Trump was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize Award, and he was nominated this award for what he has done with the Israel-UAE Accord. So this is from the New York Post. The headline is Trump nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, President Trump has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for helping broker a peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, according to the report. Uh, here's the person that nominated him, Christian Tybring, uh, I don't know how to say the name, G-J-E-D-D-E. He's a member of the Norwegian Parliament and chairman of the NATO Parliamentary Assembly submitting the nomination, Fox News reported. Uh, and here's what he had to say. For his merit, I think he's done more trying to create peace between nations than most other Peace Prize nominees, which is true. So uh, what's happening now is the left's going crazy because it's right before an election time. Now, of course, the Bob Woodward Burke's going to take a little bit of its way, if not knock it off completely, which most likely it will. But the, because he was nominated, make sure they understand the facts on this. doesn't mean he's getting the peace prize, obviously. So you got one person that's nominating, but he now has, when I'm reading other reports, the same chance that Bill Gates had, because apparently he was nominated as well. And this isn't for 2020 because it didn't come in time to get a 2020 Peace Prize, this will be for 2021. So there's two scenarios that could happen here. Trump loses the election and he goes on to win this anyway. Or Trump wins the election and he goes on to win. But he may not win. It's got to be other people that sign on. But it's a pretty big deal. And it's not it's not an empty nomination. It's specifically because of what he has done to broker peace in the Middle East, which politicians around the world throughout time have been trying to do for generations. And Trump made something happen. So we'll see if he gets the nomination. My guess is, or, or he wins the prize. My guess is he's not. Because the committee um, awarded the Nobel Peace Prize to Barack Obama for what he might accomplish as president. Remember he won it right after he was elected? Hadn't done anything yet? The nomination was for what he might achieve and he, you know, which would be peace in the Middle East and peace around the world. And he didn't. He actually um, caused more wars. Uh, drone killings under Obama were off the chart, whereas with Trump, he started no new wars and he's brought troops home and he's brokered a peace deal in the Middle East. He should win it. But my guess is he won't win it. That's just how it goes. Also in the news. And this came out yesterday as well, which is going to be overshadowed by the Woodward seat because I just said that. That's proof it's going to be shadowed because that's what we're all talking about. Uh, this is from the New York Post. 
Trump includes Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, and Josh uh, Hawley. I don't know if I'm saying that right. H-A-W-L-E-Y on Supreme Court list. So President uh, Trump on Wednesday listed 20 additional candidates he would consider for the Supreme Court if he's reelected, including three Republican senators, uh, Ted Cruz of Texas, Tom Cotton of Arkansas, and Josh Hawley of Missouri making the list. Uh, Hawley is a former clerk for the Supreme Court Justice John Roberts. So let's let's get him off the list. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. I don't I don't have any insight on, on any of these nominations. Uh, kudos for Trump putting this out. One of them is Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, a prominent black Republican, and White House lawyer Kate Todd also made the list, as did former Solicitor Generals Paul Clement and Noel Fran- Francisco. Francisco, yeah, Francisco. Uh, and th- Trump also said he would consider the 24 candidates left over from his previous list. Now, this is important. This is very important because Trump did this before he was elected president in 2016, where he put a list out. Hey, here are the people I would nominate. And he did. He, we got two, Gorsuch and um, Kavanaugh from that list. So so this is smart because this is what a lot of people look at for a president, myself included. You know, one of the, there are two things why I support this president, his judiciary picks and his deregulation processes. So, you know, I want to see who he's considering. And we know with pretty much certainty that in the next elections, you know, whoever's going to win the presidency will be selecting a Supreme Court justice. So this is, you know, pretty good. Now, Ted Cruz, man, I really like Ted Cruz. He was why I originally... um, originally wanted or originally supported for uh, the 2016 election and ultimately you know Trump won the nomination which is great so I got a lot of respect for Ted Cruz and Tom Cotton as well too I think Ted Cruz would be an awesome Supreme Court justice just an awesome Supreme Court justice but I fully admit I'm not as informed as I should be of all the people on this list so maybe that'll make that my mission to find out more uh, because right now what we got to focus on is com- getting through the election and then, you know, if something should happen, God forbid, uh, to a sitting Supreme Court justice, then we can start having that conversation, start digging a little deeper. It's kind of an exercise in futility right now because we just don't know what's going to happen. But good on him for releasing that. I think it's important. So you got two things that Trump did yesterday that should have gotten the news. And then the uh, Woodward thing hit. Obviously, it's going to suck up all the news. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because this way – Trump can continue to work behind the scenes, out of the limelight, while the Woodward thing sucks up all the media's attention, Trump can get some work done. That's usually what happens. All right, so let's talk about Biden. You know, Biden wants to be the president of the United States. We think. I don't know what Biden thinks anymore. I mean, if you watch Biden and his performance, you know as well as I do that the cheese is sliding off that cracker pretty quickly, quickly. Cheese has gotten hard and uh, stale as well, what's left on his cracker. It's it's bad. There is a uh, video, you may have seen it already, that <clears throat> he was having a a Zoom meeting with some union folks. He's been all over the union folks right now. And, you know, unions, by the way, they, they're smaller than they've been in generations, but the de- the left still goes after that union vote. And it's just not what it used to be. They got the union vote, but they placate and pander the unions like no tomorrow. So he's having this Zoom call and the unions are asking questions. And what's really funny about this, and this is what wasn't reported a lot in the media, but they would, 
the people they selected to ask a question would be like four or five of them. And they all, you know, show the video of the four or five in, you know, right after each other asking the questions. And then it goes to Biden and he answers whatever it is he answers. And one of them, Biden was like, oh, move it up, move it up, meaning the teleprompter. So he's, <clears throat> these are scripts. They're all scripted. He's not, there's not one, one conference that Biden's been at that's, that's proof that these are not scripted events for him. And they're scripted events for him because he cannot answer off the cuff. Now, he can get angry pretty easily. If you've noticed in some of his speeches how he's just got this anger, he's this passion. From what I've heard and read, that is a symptom of somebody who's suffering at the beginning onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. So they get very quickly provoked to anger. And you see that in Biden quite a bit. But this clip, by the way, and <clears throat> he just looks tired and out of breath. And then yesterday, I think it was yesterday, the day before, he was doing a rally uh, up in uh, Michigan. And uh, again, pandering and placating to unions. And he's coughing a lot. So, you know, the first debate is September 29th. So just three weeks away. Will he make it? I'm not so sure he will make it. Uh, but he's got fodder now. His fodder now is obviously this Bob Woodward piece. So he's got, because I've mentioned this before, that all the left have is is the coronavirus, the Chinese virus. That's all they have. That's all they can do to, to slam against Trump. They can't even really go after the unemployment number anymore because it's 8.4% just released. Well, under Obama, Biden, it was 8.1%. So how do they slam Trump on that? So all they really have is this uh, this this Wuhan virus. That's all they have, and this book can't just came out. And you gotta believe that a lot of the uh, Democrats high up in the party knew it was in that book. They didn't say anything either. So I just you know, if Biden wins, this is how he wins. So this is what they're gonna keep going off of. But Biden's a horrible candidate. But the media, <clears throat> you want to know how, how, here's proof that the media holds the water for the Biden campaign. Well, they, they carry their water. Uh, this is from the Daily Caller. Biden campaign admits it edited out Redskins logo on old photograph for CNN feature citing copyright concerns. So let me set the stage. There's this photo of Biden and his son. Um, most likely is Bo. I don't know which son it was. And it, it's, uh, looks like it's from me the late seventies or early eighties. <clears throat> and, uh, Biden's holding his son. It's a very endearing, touching photo. And his son's laying his head in Biden's chest and he's got a knitted cap on. And on that cap is a patch for the Washington Redskins. Well, CNN airbrushed that out. <clears throat> now they said they removed the image because it is copyrighted as is a very common practice on campaigns. That's BS. You know that. I know that. And they know that. It's the Washington Redskins. Now, the Washington Redskins retired that name because, you know, they got woke and cancel cultured out. So is it really a copyright issue? Because they don't even use the name anymore. No, 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 no. CNN, you got busted. You took it out because you are carrying the water for the Democrats. You took it out because you didn't want some of your base, Biden's base, going all crazy because it's got a Redskins logo and they think that's racist. That is proof how the media carries the water 
for the Democrats and specifically the Biden campaign. And then there's all of Biden's gaffes. I mean, Biden claimed in a recent speech that 6,000 members of the military died from COVID. 6,000. You know what the real number is? Seven. That's right. Joe Biden claims 6,000 military members dead from COVID when the real number is seven. He did this at a speech in Michigan, and his campaign is trying to say, oh, no, 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 no. What Biden meant, he, he just mixed up the numbers because those are Michigan's numbers. They got a little over 6,000 dead in Michigan alone. That, that That's where he messed up. Yeah, because, you know, military starts with an M, and Michigan starts with an M. So clearly, clearly that's what it is. I mean, who who wouldn't have thought of that, right? <laughs> I tell you, people, the Democrats, they they are in an absolute panic. That's why all this is coming out. This is why they're they're rushing to just build up this rhetoric on the Chinese virus and attach all these deaths to Trump as if he's personally responsible for all the people that died. When there's a story that's out, I mentioned it on a previous uh, show that <clears throat> Only 6% of the deaths were just Chinese virus related. Only 6%. The others had other conditions. It would be, on average, every other death, 94% of the deaths had 2.6 other conditions attached to their death. So if you had cancer and you were dying of cancer, and it breaks my heart, and my father-in-law died of cancer. It is not a fun thing for a family to go through. And you caught pneumonia and you died. Well, if you didn't have cancer, well, you've caught pneumonia. If you didn't, didn't have cancer, would the pneumonia kill you? So if you had cancer and you caught COVID, it's going to complicate the issue. So I'm not saying that COVID-19 didn't have um, part of, is not part of the death of these people. It absolutely is. But they could have caught the flu. They could have caught pneumonia. Under Those underlying conditions. And they've said early on, by the way, early on in this pandemic, scandemic, uh, that the people who are have compromising issues are more at risk. We've known that from the beginning, and that's held true from the beginning. But Biden, you know, <clears throat> they want to play it up. So he saw that 6,000 number and, you know, we got this Atlantic article coming out, just another way to wedge between people and Trump to show Trump hates the military, is not taking care of the virus, and he killed all the military men. But they got caught. It didn't work because you get the wrong number. And then they found out only seven members of the military have died from COVID. But that's <clears throat> that's what the left does. They're going to they're gonna pull out every dirty trick they can. Everyone. They're not going to stop. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. Like we got this came out the other day. Here we go. Adam Schiff says he has received a new whistleblower complaint on Russian election meddling, claims DHS uh, altered, claims DHS altered intel. So, ah, 
who's going to buy this crap? I mean, who is going to buy this? I mean, Adam Schiff said previously that he's got verified proof of Russian collusion and he never could produce it. When people ask, because it's going to come out and never anything, nothing, nada, zilch. Spent, what, $35 million in the Mueller investigation? Nothing, nada, zilch. But here he is, Russian collusion. Oh, wait a minute. And we see in Woodward's book about how Coates, Dan Coates, thinks that Putin Putin had something on Trump because he didn't understand. Hmm, you see any cooperation there or anything? Yeah, it's, it's just painfully obvious when you start looking at it. Schiff is a corrupt, sleazy, slimeball politician. Don't believe anything that comes out of that man's mouth. How he keeps getting reelected is beyond me. You've got to be just rock stupid. And with all, with my apologies to rocks to uh, support this man and elect this man. I mean, I, it tells a bigger picture of his constituency than it is about him. All right, but the left is in panic. So look at this. This one, I can't believe anybody gives, I can't believe this person's on a show. But anyway, panicked Joy Behar of The View urges change to electoral college because Trump might win again. They are in absolute panic. The left, this isn't, this isn't behavior of a group that thinks they're going to win the election. This is behavior from a group that knows they are going to lose an election. Joy Behar is a, I mean, she, <laughs> supposedly she's a comedian. I've never heard anything funny out of her mouth other than some of the stupid stuff she said. It's so unusually funny because it's so wrong, but she's urging a change in the electoral college. Hey, Joy, I hate to tell you this, babe, but the election is November 3rd. You'd have to get a constitutional amendment. You'd have to change the Constitution to do this. But in this is from the article. In her usual bitter way, she dismisses the fact that half of the country or more supports President Trump and his policies. That, she doesn't care. She doesn't care about that. She just wants to get her own way. Uh, and it's just, uh, I don't, you know, how do these people have a voice? Here's what she said. I'm worried that Trump could pull this off. We see the polls and we see Biden is leading, but the Russian interference is alive and kicking. <laughs> Facebook is continuing to leave all the lies on the pages. Now Facebook's part of the problem when they're already telling us that they're going to pull stuff if they see anyone says that uh, Trump has won before the actual results are in. But here's what she goes on. The Postal Service is being interfered with. Behar, a frequent ardent Trump critic, said Tuesday, the Electoral College is an issue and a problem. In the history of the United States, there were four presidents who won without the popular vote because of the Electoral College. Behar continued. And she goes on to say we need to change that. All right. Um, here's the thing. One is... Nothing's going to happen with this. And she's just this a silly uh, gas bag on a stupid show that's ratings keep dropping and dropping and dropping. But here's the thing. The left always forgets uh, or never, never uh, thinks about unintended consequences. Because here's what I think would happen if we got rid of the Electoral College and went for um, – majority vote, which is, by the way, what the founding fathers warned against. That's a pure democracy. That is two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. But let's say we had majority vote in this country, popular vote. All right, let's, let's isolate California. Now, California has been voting Democrat for decades, right? Uh, I think the last president to win California, maybe Reagan, not sure. Reagan was from California, he was governor of California. And it goes pretty far pitched to the left 
every election. So much so that you have some conservative Republican voters who doesn't really feel they have a voice. So they don't go vote. They just sit it out because what am I why am I gonna vote? So my vote's not gonna matter. This state's going for the Democrat anyway. Okay, you've got that in Washington State, you've got that in Oregon, you got that in New York. All these people were thinking, well, there's people on the right. Why do I vote? My vote doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm going to sit this out. So you institute a national vote, a majority vote. Guess what? Those people, they may get out and vote now. I think if we went that route and we're not going to, I don't advocate it. I don't think we should. I think we stay with the Electoral College because I think that is an effective approach to picking our leaders. But if we did, I think this would blow up in the left's face. And then what would they do? They'd probably start screaming for the Electoral College. <laughs> you know they would. Oh, you can't win with the left. You can't win with the left. So you've got to continue to continue to just ridicule and mock. It's one of Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals rules. Make them live up to their expectations and ridicule them because ridicule is the most powerful thing you could do. Get them angry. Get them frothing at the mouth. So the right hasn't done that until we got Trump. All right, a couple other stories, then we'll wrap this up. There's one that's out. It's getting a lot of play. Now, this one's from the Daily Caller. Prominent Disney stakeholder calls company's embrace of China wildly offensive, demands answers. All right, the backstory to this is China, you know, the, the, the movie um, Mulan, the live action Mulan movies just come out, released on Disney Plus, I believe it was. Uh, didn't go into theaters because of the uh, Wuhan virus out of China. And what this large stakeholder is saying that because Disney continued to do business in China, that uh, China, this is this is Disney pretty much sanctioning uh, genocide in China. So, from the article, Disney's embrace of China, despite its reported oppression of the whatever Muslims this is, is akin to normalizing genocide. According to one company stakeholder who claims investors are preparing to formally demand answers from the company, it's inconceivable that Disney was unaware that Xinjiang, China, is a location where China is imprisoning the country's I guess Uyghur, I don't know, it's U-I-G-H-U-R population. We'll call him U for the rest of the story if it pops up again. Stockholder Justin Danhoff told the Daily Caller News Foundation, Disney is facing intense criticism for filming in 2019 the live action version of Mulan in Zingzang. I don't know if that's how I'm saying it, but that's how I'm going to say it, where the minority group is allegedly being interned. Uh, Disney will be hearing from us in a formal way on this issue. We will be engaging with Disney in that way, Dan Horf said, referring to his fellow stockholders. Other investors who are not aware of what Disney is doing will be made aware. Okay, uh, I'm I'm not on board with calling for boycotts. I don't like boycotts. I don't I don't none of that. I I mean, uh, there's things Disney has done that I don't like, but I I my family and I we love Disney World. Uh, they are it's one of the it's such a well-run organization and Disney has been just wildly successful in recent years and they are a powerhouse and they do hold a, a, such a large media portfolio. Mm, you know, I'm not saying I'm concerned about it because, you know, ABC is part of Disney, um, <clears throat> you know, ESPN. Uh, they, uh, I think they bought the Fox movies, movie um, division of uh, so, uh, Fox. Uh, and then they bought, I mean, they just, they, they are so large, but it's a business. China is a huge, huge population. Movies can flop here in America and make their money in China. 
I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. You know, all these action movies from these uh, old action stars like Sylvester Stallone, he just recently did Rambo, uh, Rambo, what, 57 or something like that. Anyway, it didn't do well here in the North American box office, but it made a ton of money in China. So these these studios, and it's not just Disney, by the way, that plays to China. It's just about every studio. I can only recall one instance where um, – uh, I don't see. It wasn't a producer or, or a Hollywood director fought back against China. I'll explain that in a minute. But you know, obviously, the NBA makes a lot of money from China. I have no problem with them taking this or doing this as a business decision. Ch Disney is not a government entity. They are not government. They are not, uh, you know, a, a talking voice, if you will, against world atrocities. Yeah, Disney needs to make business decisions for its stockholders. They made a movie called Mulan. Now, the original cartoon was very respectful to Chinese culture. I don't know. This one may be, may not be. I don't know. Allegedly, the star, she made some stupid comments to the basically supporting Chinese and their um, communism or totalitarianism or something like that. I don't care. She's an actress. She can say whatever she wants. I don't care. I'm not even interested in seeing the movie. That's so. And I have Disney Plus. Movie looks boring. I'm not. I'm not interested. But I don't. I mean, this is a business, and they have to make money for their shareholders. That's just how it is. China is a huge market for the movie industry. Now, the one actor. I'm sorry, not actor. Director that didn't play to Disney's policies was Quentin Tarantino. And a lot of people don't like Quentin Tarantino because you know, he, yeah, he kind of squeezes to the left, but. Quentin Tarantino's most recent movie, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I loved actually, uh, was set to release in Disney or in China. And they were anticipating a lot of money because he, his movies do really well there. And uh, his movie had done about, I think, uh, $250 million, which is about break even for costs and such like that. So they kind of needed that Chinese money, but Quentin Tarantino had the final call in the contract. And he said, no, I'm not changing the movie because the Chinese government wanted them to edit some scenes, the Bruce Lee scenes. If you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. He had final cut. Movie didn't get released in China. So, I mean, this is much ado about nothing. I just, in my opinion, I know a lot of people get really passionate about it, but I, 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 don't, I don't think there's anything that Disney did wrong, should do anything different. They are they supposed to know that there's whatever the, the Chinese government is has these concentration camps near where they were filming? Is that their their responsibility? I mean, the Chinese government, you know, they're the ones that are doing this, and we should be doing stuff against the Chinese government, which our president has. But the left says nothing. They kowtow to China because they want all that money. They want all that Chinese money. All right, one last story. I had a listener email me about um, a court date Hillary Clinton was supposed to have had on September 9th, and it went and came, and nobody ever heard anything of it. Well, there, I, I did a little dig, and so hopefully, and thank you for bringing this up, and hopefully I can uh, shed some light on this. So here's an article from Investment Watch blog. It's a Hillary Clinton court date, September 9th, 2020, confirmed from five different sources. Well, the five different sources aren't really legitimate sources. So they go on to say that there's five different court dates for Hillary Clinton's. Um, uh, she was supposed to be interviewed or questioned about the missing emails, the 33,000 missing emails. Well, here's the backstory. What happened is there was a June 2nd, 2020 court hearing. It was done virtually because of the coronavirus and all that. 
But ultimately what happened was that the courts um, threw it out. So Judicial Watch, who's done a great job on this, Tom Fitton and his group, ha- have done a freedom of information requests to get this out. And the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit uh, basically said Clinton did not have to testify. So Clinton uh, appealed having to testify about these emails, and she won. Now, it was between her and Cheryl Mills. Cheryl Mills was supposed to testify as well. And the court said that Cheryl Mills will have to uh, file her own request to um, toss this or whatever what technical terms are. Uh, and I couldn't find anything with what's happening with that. But I did find with Hillary Clinton, the courts did throw it out. Uh, Hillary Clinton appealed and won. Judicial Watch states that they are looking at other ways and other avenues to finally get Hillary Clinton in front of a court to testify and explain those missing 35,000 emails. But there was no September court date, September 9th court date that I can find that was actually confirmed. The sources that I found or the that article I read with those five sources, they weren't really, I mean, one naturalnews.com, they just weren't um, verifiable sources. But what I did find was that uh, the court, you know, that Clinton appealed this and the courts upheld her appeal and she doesn't have to testify. Now, Cheryl Mills is a whole nother story and that could be coming out soon. I don't know. I tried to find something on Cheryl Mills. I'll keep my eye on it, but thank you for the email and letting me know. And so I can put this out for everybody. If anybody else had that, thought that there was supposed to be a September 9th court date. Turns out doesn't look like there was. And it turns out that uh, Clinton appealed this and won. But Judicial Watch, which is a phenomenal organization, again, ran for Tom Fitton, just, uh, and you can find him on TikTok, by the way. Uh, just did, you know, they do a great job. They lost this one, but they did state, Tom Fitton did come out with a statement that he is going to continue to pursue avenues to get Hillary Tell us what happened to those 33,000 emails. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast. Find us online, all of our social media. Our handle is the pblpodcast.com. Go to our website, pblpodcast.com. And, in fact, our handle is the PBL Podcast. Our, our website, pblpodcast.com. Click on our YouTube link, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Working on putting some videos together to throw up there. But now you can watch all of my TikTok videos because they go viral just about every day, at least by one of them. Have a great day, a great week, and uh, let's vote red. 